If you're watching this channel, you're probably interested in alternative ways to heal your body and alternative health. But what Dr. Tom Cowan and I talk about today is going to challenge a lot of those views. So stay tuned. Welcome back, my friends. My name is Sarah. This is the Sarah Kleiner Wellness YouTube channel. And today I am talking with Dr. Tom Cowan, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that my YouTube channel does not get any strikes for the things that we are going to talk about today. So uh, send a little prayer my way. But I really wanted to have this conversation and put this type of information out in the open. And Dr. Tom Cowan is actually doing a curriculum that starts August the 28th called the New Biology Curriculum. I'm signed up and I've convinced two of my really good friends who have both been on this YouTube channel. I'll preserve their anonymity. They can talk about it when they're ready. But we are really interested in learning more about his way of looking at health because it is dramatically different from the allopathic model, as well as the functional medicine model, even that, which we consider to be more of a gold standard for alternative health, but it's flipping a lot of that on its head. So I wanted to bring him here and talk about that. Again, if you're interested in the curriculum, I wanted to put this call out there because I never know who's watching the show. So check the link out in the show notes. And before I jump into this conversation, which again, hopefully will not get me thrown off of YouTube, I want to thank two sponsors. The first one is going to be Viva Rays. Now they are my source for protecting my circadian rhythms. You can use my code Yogi to save on their circadian glasses. I also love their eye mask and their earplugs. Absolutely fantastic way of protecting those rhythms, getting your best sleep and keeping your health intact. The second sponsor is Upgraded Formulas. You can use my code YOGI12 or YOGI to save there. I really do like their hair tissue mineral analysis to look at the mineral balance in the body and help if there are imbalances. Now, most of us do have a bit of a mineral imbalance. So this is just a great way to get to the bottom of that. Use my code YOGI12 or YOGI to save over at Upgraded Formulas. And again, thank you for listening to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited to have Dr. Tom Cowan back today. We are going to talk about this topic he's been putting out there about new biology and just kind of a, a different way of looking at health than our even functional medicine model. Would you, would you say, Dr. Cowan? Yeah, it's a lot different than what passes as functional medicine these days, uh, or as sometimes in certain moods, I like to refer it as dysfunctional medicine, <laughs> uh, but I probably shouldn't say that. So. I, I, I support it fully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, you know, the problem, as I'm sure we'll talk about, is is how how one thinks about biology, medicine, and why, what's happening to people. And in my, uh, my opinion about that is functional medicine has the same fundamental view of biology as conventional medicine. They just use different stuff to deal with it. So they both think there's viruses uh, and immune systems and uh, conventional people give you antivirals or make you wear a mask or give you injections and the functional people give you turmeric or something. Right. Turmeric's better, uh, but uh, there's neither of them are accurate because <laughs> there's no virus and there's no immune system. So. Yeah. I think that like freaks people out a lot when you, when you say that, and I've been 
diving into just, there's only a couple modules that are available right now for your, uh, new biology curriculum, but you have a really great way of explaining how the way that we look at these things under a microscope, um, is pretty inaccurate and, and come to these conclusions. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, just to say the, you know, I try to make the distinction between what I would consider fact versus what would be speculation on my part. And so I, I typically start talking about the new biology with something that I would call a speculation. And the speculation is the following. I have come to the conclusion that, that in order to build a healthy anything, so we're talking about a person, a plant, a relationship, a country, a city, whatever, it has to be founded on reality. And I can't actually prove that that's true. And I would say a lot of people actually go about their lives uh, trying to live as if that wasn't true. So people have relationships and even marriages, for instance, that they know aren't based on real love and trust and respect. But, you know, there's children and there's finances and there's a whole lot of other reasons. So they stay together. Uh, and my, my take on that is that doesn't work. Now, to apply that in medicine, uh, if the foundational understanding is inaccurate, and so that example I just used, if in fact, which I would consider a fact, that there are no, uh, nobody has ever demonstrated the existence of this thing, this particle called a virus, that's a fact. Uh, to build a medical system or strategies or treatments or diagnoses on the assumption that there are such a thing will never lead you anywhere except misery, waste of time, and waste of money. Uh, and, and same with, uh, you know, it's a fact, as far as I can see, uh, that the heart does not pump the blood around the body. That's just a fact. You can prove that. Or you can disprove that that's the case. So to give people maneuvers, drugs, machines that help the heart pump the blood, I mean, that's never going to work. And in fact, it never does work. Uh, I could go on and on. You know, there, one of the foundational facts in biology is this sodium-potassium pump. There's a sodium-potassium pump embedded in the membrane that controls the distribution of sodium and potassium inside and outside the cell. And so Gilbert Ling comes along measures the sodium potassium inside and outside, takes the membrane off and finds that the same distribution happens even when there's no membrane. So I would say it is a disproven hypothesis that the distribution of sodium potassium come from a pump in the membrane, which has never been seen, never been isolated. And in fact, as I said, if you even take the mem the membrane off, it doesn't affect the sodium. Now, there are many drugs and therapeutic maneuvers based on 
you know, strengthening, inhibiting, or whatever, the sodium potassium pump, mm -hmm. they can't possibly uh, work in the way, you know, in the way they say, or be successful therapeutically, because there's no pump. Yeah. And I could go on, there's no synapses in nerves. That's, That's what an, I found fascinating. When you explained that I was listening to, to that. Yeah, I mean, it's an artifact of, I mean, it, and to disprove that you'd have to show me a picture mm -hmm. of an intact nerve and account for the processing, right? Uh, and show me there's gaps in that intact nerve. And they can't do that. There's no picture. The only way they can do it is severely dehydrate the nerve, which case it pulls apart, just like if you dehydrated a piece of spaghetti, it would pull apart, there would be gaps, the gaps would pick up the stain, you know, the ends of the, the gaps, and you would be bamboozled into thinking they're synapses, and therefore neurotransmitters. So we have this whole edifice of, of you know, SSRIs and, and receptors and opiate receptors and ACE2 receptors based on these models <laughs> that are, are not true. And so, yeah, the whole new biology, I mean, that's kind of the word I gave it is, yeah. so what is real? I mean, what, 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 what do we know for sure? And that's what we're going to base our medicine on. And I tell you, I mean, I was doing that for 30 some years. And all I can say is it works a lot better than doing it based on, you know, illusions. That's that's the whole, our biology, modern biology is models, computer simulations, and, and illusions. And the that's whole, a lot of it is because like you mentioned that they're extracting the water from the cell cytology, would you say? Um, yeah, I mean, there, but fu more fundamentally, the reason is, um, first of all, we think materialistically. Mm. We think we're somehow a chemistry set, mm -hmm. you know, and so uh, all you have is chemicals. So that's one thing. By the way, if you try, and I've gone over this with analytical chemists, chemists who try to find substances in in living stuff. And I said, okay, let's just start with a really simple, like insulin, right? Or estrogen. Mm -hmm. Let's take estrogen. How do you know there's estrogen in a woman's body, right? Everybody, everybody thinks there is. I thought there was, right? Everybody thinks mm -hmm. there is. So you say, well, you take out the blood and you mix it with a bunch of chemicals and then you assay it, and then you get this chemical called insulin. And then you can inject that insulin back into a person, and it has an effect, maybe even similar or the same effect as you would expect the, the estrogen to have when you're alive. Now, let's dissect that for a minute. First of all, does injecting a chemical in somebody and have seeing it has an effect prove that you had that chemical when you were alive no i'm right because if it did then we must our happiness must come from cocaine 
<laughs> right. right? Right. I mean, it doesn't work for long, but if you inject somebody with cocaine, they feel like, let's just say happy or something. Right. And so that would mean that the reason you're happy is because you have this cocaine in your body and that it's making you feel happy. So that's obviously nonsense. And, and so I asked him, so these steps that you did, you know, like mixed it with acids and centrifuged it and precipitated it. How do you know that didn't uh, cha either change the chemical or actually make it appear? Did you do a control? Did you find the same chemical without doing mixing it with acid? No. Why not? Because you can't find the chemical then. And then you go back to like DNA. Mm -hmm. So they they had they take the nucleus which they can see, and they they mix it with sulfuric acid, and they get a lot of sulfur chemicals because they mixed it with sulfuric acid. Right. They say those are proteins because proteins have sulfur, and then somebody had the bright idea. His name was Meissner, mixing it with phosphoric acid, and he got phosphorus-rich chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. He said, those are different. Those aren't proteins because they don't have phosphorus. That's DNA. Phosphoric, you know, it's a phosphorus-based chemical. And if I was there, I would have asked him, you know, yo, Meissner, do you think you got the phosphorus-rich chemicals because you precipitated it with phosphoric acid, not sulfuric acid? I mean, it's an <laughs> obvious question. Yeah. Now, why didn't he ask himself that question? And here, here's where it's interesting. And I know I'm going on here, but no, I like but, it. But people will, listening to this will say, "No, Tom, this guy Tom, he's wrong." Because there's no way Meissner's that stupid, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and he's in a lab, and there's all these PhDs and doctors and everybody. They found, that's how they found this chemical called DNA. Somebody must have said, Meissner, like, how do you know it wasn't because of the phosphoric acid? I don't know if anybody asked him or not. All I know is that was the paper that claimed that they found this chemical. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't estrogen in you. Right. What I'm saying is the way they find it does not convince me that it's in any way in that form intact in a living system doing what we say it does. And until somebody sees it somehow and does a control of every step, that's what they forgot to do. They, the, the biologists today have essentially forgotten that how you look for something has an effect on what you find. That's what happened. They assume that doesn't isn't the case, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And so everything you do under that assumption is going to be wrong. Because you don't know whether, you know, so they they take with the, the whole virus thing, they take mm -hmm. breaking down cells, they mix it, you know, they dehydrated, mix it with, you know, chemicals, put heavy metal salts, then they see a picture under the electron microscope. That's the virus. How do you know that's not just a breaking down cell? Right. 
They don't know. Right. They don't know. And if you ask them to prove it, well, then they go into the other thing. And again, I'm going on here. They say we have four different independent evidence that it's a virus. Right. So mm-hmm. I have four different independent evidence that there's Santa Claus. There's Christmas. The cookies are gone. There's a chimney. And I've seen red overcoats. Right. Yeah. There are four independent evidence. So it must be true. But none of them. They're all not. They're all ridiculous. Just because you they're different doesn't mean that they are actually true. Right. Uh, I have four independent evidence that there's uh, synapses. There's a gap on the electron microscope, which doesn't mean anything. There's studies that that show SSRIs work. I'm not saying chemicals don't work. I'm saying they're not working on synapses. Right. Right. So it's, that's how it works. I'll shut up. No, I like it. I mean, I just think that it's, it's going to, it's hard for people to wrap their heads around this. Like when I, when I first brought you onto the show, like, I guess it was 10 months ago or so I was wanting to talk about uh, childhood vaccines and you were like, no, I was at that information is not as accurate uh, anymore. And it kind of just threw me. And so back then I was just like, I can, I, what I know, and we kind of look at it, like what is actually true. That's where I have to get to, because I know that this kind of functional medicine model and allopathic medical model where you're drawing labs, you're looking at all these labs, you're looking at all these tests, and then you look at a specific medication or specific herb. I am not seeing a lot of people get better. And that's what I know to be true. I'm seeing people that are more sick that are coming with more complaints, right. And they want to put a name or a diagnosis on it, but they're just, it's, it seems like it's just getting worse and worse. And I'm like, something is not working. So I kind of want to know more about right what Dr. Well, Cowan saying. I'm very interested in this. Well, let me give you another example. See the whole game and I mean, I'm trained as a medical doctor, right? right. So I I'm in, you know, I worked in ER for, you know, part-time for almost a decade. So I'm familiar with the rap. The rap is person comes in, you get the diagnosis, you either remember what the treatment is or you look it up in a book and that's it. So the diagnosis is God. That's everything. But let's, let's look at a diagnosis here. Mm-hmm. So a simple one, measles, measles, the, the, the symptoms are you know, fever, mucus, cough, rash. So like a maculopapular, which is different than a papular and different than a macular rash, right? So it's macular. But the hallmark of measles is they have white spots in their mouth called coplic spots. That's the pathognomonic, meaning that's the hallmark of measles, right? So if you see that in a sick child, they got measles. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you go look up uh, in the any pediatric, what are the percentage of children with measles who don't have coplic spots? 40%. Oh. So what do they have? They have non-coplic spot measles. That's like, 
you got it's a definite definition of a chicken is this thing with goes like this and it has feathers and you go out and you see this furry thing that goes meow you know so what's that that's a non-feathered chicken <laughs> right yeah. yeah so what do you mean non you just told me that the definition of measles is conflict spots and this person doesn't have it so why do they have measles how come they don't have some other rash well because they have measles <laughs> it, by the way if they had a vaccine for measles then it wouldn't be measles it would be fifth disease okay. i used to tell everybody they had fifth disease yeah they didn't look they before the internet they couldn't look it up and so they didn't know what it was so they figured i must be right <laughs> or here's another one person comes in 35 year old woman swollen joints they're all painful red hot feels like crap etc uh doctor goes to a rheumatologist does a blood test rheumatoid factor positive you have rheumatoid arthritis okay next person comes in 35 year old woman feels like crap swollen joints bilateral hot uh can't move very well does it uh antibody test rheumatoid factors negative what does she have rheumatoid arthritis right rheumatoid factor negative rheumatoid arthritis so then you say to them and i encourage everybody to ask their doctors these questions mm -hmm. what causes the arthritis it's the antibodies that are destroying your tissue meanwhile just as a side note there is not one single study that shows that purified, isolated antibodies injected into an animal or person cause anything. Not one study, and they admit that. I hope you're enjoying today's episode with Dr. Tom Cowan. I wanted to let you know that I am having some specials for back to school. And I'm going to be putting those down in the show notes. A lot of people at this time of year are really looking at improving their health and getting back in the swing of things. So I have several bundle deals that are going to save you a lot of money on my courses. And you can also get my free guides if you're looking at ways of improving your health. And the way that I work is very much in line with the way that Dr. Cowan is speaking in this video, where we're looking at health from a different lens, from the lens of the body working on this DC electric current and using tools like light, magnetism, and water to heal the body. And I feel like this information, it needs to be heard because people are not improving with this typical medical model. So I am excited to take his curriculum, which is going to be linked down in the show notes to continue to improve my work. And by the way, if you get any of my courses and I end up making an update to it later on, you'll always get those updates at no charge. But check out those back to school bundles. You're going to save a good amount of money on getting your health, getting things back on track for the fall. And that will be linked down in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. And let's jump back into it. It's the antibodies that are destroying your tissue, right? That's what we call an autoimmune disease. Right. Well, how come this woman, she, she didn't she have antibodies? <laughs> What's her problem? Well, that's antibody negative rheumatoid arthritis. That's the chicken. Uh, right. But this is this goat. You see that goat? That's a big non-feathered chicken. And this is like, you see, here, here's my fundamental point. Mm -hmm. 
If normal people talked like doctors and scientists, people would catch on. Because they would say, oh, you're, this is nuts. Like, this isn't logical. That's not a chicken. That's a cat. They're different. And so then you end up with the re realizing that every, every single sick person, every single well person has a story. Mm -hmm. They're not a diagnosis. There are no diagnoses. There are groups of things. You know, a lot of people have similar type of stories. But, you know, one person gets rheumatoid arthritis because they they're having a reaction to a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And the other, it's an emotional trauma. Yes. They're not the same disease. <laughs> they don't have the same disease. And if you treat them as if they do, you will be a failure. Yeah, it won't work. It won't work, which is what happens. <clears throat> you can, that doesn't mean you can't stop their joints from being inflamed. You can you suppress can. it, right? With yeah, medication, you can stop, push it down. Yeah, you can stop the reaction, but you will never cure them of the disease. And by the way, if you don't believe what I just said, go to your rheumatologist and say, how many people in the last 10 years have you cured of rheumatoid arthritis? You know what the answer is? Zero. And not only that, they'll be pissed at you for asking because that's a stupid question. Of yeah. course, you don't cure anybody. That's a genetic disease. So yeah. doc, what's the gene that causes it? Right? They don't know. Yeah. Or they it's might a have a few. Disease. Let me see the gene. Right. I but don't how know. How many the of the gene. people that don't have the gene have right. the Show me a study that shows that everybody with rheumatoid factor positive or negative, because they both have root. I mean, this is uh this is just nonsense. Yeah, it is. And that our medical system is based on fallacious thinking and fundamentally nonsense. Mo computer models simulations and the goal of it is to stop your body from doing what it's trying to do to heal you and that will never work that's the craziest thing i think people don't understand because we are into and i've kind of been studying a little bit of homeopathy about how we just <clears throat> push things down and push things down and suppress that's our medical model yeah. um we don't ask like you said kind of about the symptoms about what happened when the person got sick? You know, was right. there an emotional event? Like what actually happened? We just say, here's your diagnosis. There it is. You know, uh, childhood eczema is one that is huge. It's a huge problem. I had no idea what a big problem it was until my son, who's nine months, uh, got eczema and I took him to the doctor. Just, you know, I did all the holistic stuff leading up to pregnancy and birth. And it was beautiful and wonderful and natural. And everything was great. And the eczema started with my son after my daughter had started having these like rage episodes. And I, in my heart, I'm like, this, there's an emotional component here. But of course the doctor's like, no, he has eczema. He needs steroid cream, probably oral steroids to clear it up. And that's when I started diving into homeopathy and trying to work alternatively. And the craziest thing about homeopathy, I don't know how you feel about it, um, is that she would ask me these questions. I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with this rash? You know, it's like, right. 
Does he, uh, does his head feel warm? Does he throw his toys? How does he, you know, like things like that. I'm like, what in the world does that? And then, but lo and behold, that that's a, a different path that people can take. And you look at a homeopathy remedies and they'll say, this is for headache or this is for that. And a lot of the time, if you work with a classical homeopath who actually knows what they're doing, the remedy that you might get has nothing to do with the quote unquote yeah. thing it's used for. If you're actually asking the question about how, you know, the, if you're asking the right questions, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, real homeopathy works very much along these lines I'm talking about. It's, there is no diagnosis. There is no eczema or headaches or strep throat and homeopathy. It's a story. Right. Now, it, it's interesting, the example that you use with your son, because if you one of the principles of this sort of new biology is the body is using its incredible wisdom to communicate its situation. So now think about this. You're a nine month old and you don't talk very well. Right. Because right. you just haven't right. figured that part out. What? See, so your older sister or somebody is going a little goofy on you. And you would like to tell your parents, you know, like, don't you think you should do something about her? She's like not doing well. And I, I don't really like this. Uh, so you could write them a letter. Right. And say, uh, you know, dear parents, please uh, help older sister because she's not doing well. But you haven't figured out how to write yet. So you might just get a rash. Right. And then that's a way of expressing there's something really irritating me in this place. <laughs> like, could you people mind figuring out, like, doing something about this? And, and okay, thank you for communicating. That was pretty brilliant, if you think about it. Yeah. So older daughter, what's the trouble? The trouble is you put uh, this red color in my bathroom, and I will on blue. <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, I don't know what the problem was there, but I've yeah. heard things like that. Yeah. People say, okay, so now what my my therapy would not be homeopathy or herbs or gluten-free diet. I'd paint the bathroom blue. And <laughs> she says, good. Now <laughs> I'm fine. And she starts being friendly. And, and then the guy's eczema clears up. Yeah, because he doesn't need to tell you that anymore. Right. And that's how it works. That's and by the way, none of those steps were theoretical. No. Right. She said, I want a blue bathroom. Like, how do I know that's true? Because that's what she said. And I don't know why. It doesn't matter why. Uh, but that's what that's there's no theory about t-cells and autoimmuneness or or anything it's and now in a different case it might be you know i was fine until i started drinking pasteurized milk mm -hmm. so what do you do then you don't drink pasteurized don't drink milk. yeah and again yeah. that's not a theory of you know of uh casein or anything it's this is what happened to me and I admit that sometimes it's more complicated, but I can tell you when you know how to ask the questions, mm -hmm. people know, mm -hmm. people know what happened to them. They know how to communicate. 
They're just waiting for somebody with the insight and the interest to help them explain their story. Yeah. And that's what I did for 35 years. Yeah. What happened to you? I did the same thing every single patient. What happened to you? Uh, I fell off a horse, you know, so that and, and now they have a, a funny leg. Right. And yeah. by the way, sometimes you can't necessarily do anything about it or at least not fix the whole thing. That's mm -hmm. just life. You know, we all yeah. have stuff. Yeah. But most of the time you can make some significant dent in the problem. Yeah. That's the thing. I think people, a lot of people are just, like I said, and I, I talk with a lot of people every day because of my social media profile, the podcast, YouTube, and I'm just finding on a whole that people are really a lot sicker than I can remember. And a lot of them are yeah. like, I have, um, the big thing right now, and I've talked about this on other episodes, I'd love to get your take on it is, uh, you know, uh, SIRS, uh, and mold and parasites and people that they're like, Oh, you know, these are the things that are ruining my life. And I always ask, and I want to hear your take. I always say, well, why are you susceptible to these things? What's the energetic capacity of your body that's causing it to, to break down? And is that really the issue? Right. But here's the thing. And again, you can tell me if you disagree or think that I'm incorrect. If you, if you want to say, and this applies to anything in life, and I, I often think it's helpful to use non-biological, non-medical examples, mm -hmm. because then you can really see what I'm talking about. If you want to say something causes something else, the first thing you have to do is identify the something that's the cause, A, exists. Because if you say, you know, unicorns are the are exploding in the Ukraine, that's why the buildings are going down, you better be able to show the unicorns. Otherwise, people are going to buy unicorn repellent and think that that's going to work. And uh, so you, you but the, the important point I'm, I'm going to make here is you have to, quote, isolate the thing that you're trying to say is the cause. Once you've isolated it, then you can study it and see what it's made of and if it's the cause. So let me give you an example. If you say hammers knock nails into the walls, right? It's a very okay. simple thing. How do you know that's true? Well, you go to the ecosystem where you would expect to find a hammer, like a toolbox. Mm -hmm. You open it up, you pull out the hammer, and you say, this is what I mean by a hammer right? Mm -hmm. Then you can analyze the hammer, see what it's made of. And then you can hit a nail with it and see if it goes in the wall. And you might even do a control because I could say, Sarah, how do you know it isn't just your arm going like this that made the nail go into the wall? So you do like that with your arm and it doesn't go into the wall because you didn't hit it with a hammer. Right. Right. <laughs> if I said to you, okay, I want to prove to you that that hammers make nails go into the wall. I take this toolbox and I'm going to smash the toolbox against a wall with a nail in it. And the nail goes in there. I proved that hammers knock nails into the wall. Yeah. 
you would say, no, you, you don't even know there's a hammer in there. <laughs> exactly. How do you know it's not the, the screwdriver or the whole toolbox or right. something, right? You, that's not the way we think. No. Right? So we isolate things. We have the thing. That's the independent variable. We make an, uh, a, a, an experiment, see what it does, analyze it, see what it's made of. We control everything except that variable then we know what what does what. Now, with mold, I would love to see an experiment that they, now mold exists, right? You can mm -hmm. actually see mold, you can see it visibly, mm -hmm. and you can see it under a light microscope with minimal intervention, right? Yeah. So unless the shining the light made the mold or spores or organisms happen, which I doubt, right. then you can see them. Now, take that mold, just the mold, and spray it on a healthy person, right? Or vaporize it in the air and see if they get symptoms, right? That mm -hmm. would, and then spray, you know, in, in the same room, in the same place, spray distilled water because maybe it's spraying stuff. Right. Right. There, I know of no study that shows that, mm -mm. not one study. So the best you can say is it's unproven that mold makes people sick. Now, people like I, for instance, don't like being in, in rooms or houses where there's mold. Mm -mm. I, I don't like the way it feels or smells. But my guess is, and I, I don't know, I don't think I've proven this either, but my guess is, the, all of the houses these days, literally all of them, are made with toxic chemicals. Mm -hmm. And the mold bioremediates those toxic chemicals and vaporizes them into the air. Mm. So if you have drywall, which is soaked in God knows what, and it gets wet, you'll get mold that eats the drywall to try to bioremediate that, that situation. Mm -hmm. But it's vaporizing, you know, drywall chemicals into the air. And that is making people sick. Interesting. So it's not the mold. So killing the mold is, is useless uh, and ineffective, which is what happens. Uh, it's the fact that you're living in a toxic chemical soup. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And so that's that's the reason why you have to identify realistically what the issue is. So it's not mold. There, you know, germs don't cause disease. And if you disbelieve me, you have to isolate, purify, expose somebody or an animal in a normal way, not injected into their brain, for God's right. sake. <clears throat> right. That's what they did with so-called viruses. They never saw the virus. They just inject in a monkey's brain. They don't do a control. And they say, see, the monkey got sick. Well, how do you know it wasn't just injecting cell debris into a monkey's brain? Right. So that's called sloppy nonsense. Uh, so once you identify the problem, then you realize that you may have to build a non-toxic house mm -hmm. or do something else to, to get yourself out of that environment. And that becomes a, a solution 
based on the facts, not theories about mold. And I don't remember the other things you mentioned. Yeah, the parasites. Which, right, parasites. I mean, we all eat have parasites. heavy metals. <laughs> right. There's a purpose for yeah. these things in our bodies, and that my biggest issue is everyone kind of going on these killing sprees, these killing protocols of like, right. I'm going to detox all the mold, I'm going to kill all the parasites, and you know, some people, I see them feel better for a little bit, and then symptoms, right. things come back. And then I also see people that do all these expensive protocols and then they feel worse, you right. know, or no difference at all. And so I'm like, I feel like a lot of this alter alternative holistic health is complete bullshit. Excuse my it's language. Complete bullshit. And I just can't buy it, you know, but it's like in because my face. Because it's the, all the same time. thinking. Yeah. It's the same it, as the right allopathic model, right? right? Yeah. It's just, they're killing different stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like my uh, friend Kelly Brogan said, there's really at the end of the day, there's only one disease, and that's being a victim. Mm. You're a victim of the mold. Mm -hmm. You're a victim of parasites. You're a victim of viruses. You're a victim of your father's anger. Now, your father might be angry and there might be parasites, but you, somehow you have to sort your way as a free sovereign individual that I'm going to figure out how to live my life in a healthy way. And I am not going to, it's the victim mentality, victim consciousness. That's what ultimately gets you. And that is, we have a epidemic, talk about it, a pandemic. We have mm -hmm. a pandemic of victims. Agree. That's what we are. We're victims of everything everything's you know bad people doing it to us yes there's a lot so much fear of like yes. oh there's and i i loved what you were saying i can't remember if it was in the intro to the the course um or if it was on another interview that you were doing people talk about these kind of bioweapons um injecting mosquitoes with diseases yeah. or viruses and you're like just that kind of thinking is what gets people sick, right? Yes. And not saying there aren't, quote, bad people trying to do nasty things. There right. are. At least right. that's what it seems. But but whenever you're confronted with this bioweapon or infectious replication, incompetent DNA clones and all this other stuff, you have to ask them, so how did they make this thing? Tell me the steps. I don't know the steps. What do you mean you don't know the steps? I know the steps of how they made, how they allegedly made those, and they didn't make anything. And how did they release it? You know, they say SARS, they released SARS-CoV-2. That's what the so-called freedom community, they released this pathogen on the world. How did they release it? How did they make it? Have you ever found it in anybody? So they don't know those details. Yeah, That's a huge problem. And I can tell you the other thing is every one of these claims, DNA, genetic modification, makes people think, A, there's bad guys out there who are really powerful, really smart, and really know a lot about how life works. Mm -hmm. And they're out to get me. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I'm in big trouble. That's that's the message. Powerful, smart, understand life. The reality is, I don't know what they know, but they don't they don't even know that DNA isn't the blueprint of life. Right. They don't even know that. They can and when you read the method section of how they make these so-called bioweapons, it's just putting some bacteria and putting some sequences in let the bacteria eat the sequences see what happens that's it like that's (laughs) i mean that's like you know primitive bullshit yeah yeah and it's just yeah i don't know it's not really the way i want to look at the world and like you said there are people out there who are not good but i also believe that there are good people out there as well who want to help humanity and who want to see things go in a good direction for all of us. So I, ch- I choose to kind of go to that camp yeah. as much as I can. Right. We in even, even fighting them and, and talking about them, which I do way too much, that gives them more power. Mm-hmm. It does. So our, our focus should be on, you know, we have all that we need. We still have this amazing experience here on earth and we can do this. Uh, and all you have to do is stick to reality and not get bogged down and bamboozled by these models and all this stuff that we are told is true and is easily shown is just not accurate. Yeah. I think the question that a lot of people are going to have is how, I mean, and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, but how do you know how to treat someone who? is sick, you know, maybe they do have, uh, quote unquote autoimmune issues. Is it still just going back to the story? What if there was, um, like my daughter, she's 15, uh, non-speaking autistic. I know that it was a, a vaccine injury. I saw she went to the doctor was talking, was normal, was fine. That happened then poof speech, language, everything's gone. And I was very like straight laced, you know, medical, everything. I'm just going to do what I'm told kind of person. But that event, seeing that change, I'm like, that's what happened. You know, how do you, and I understand some damage is irreparable for some people, but like, then when you know that sort of thing, how do you get to the root and help someone in that situation? Yeah. You know, it's the same with everybody. It doesn't matter what their problem is or what happened to them. It's the same. The first thing you do is start with the story. Mm -hmm. So here's what happened. And and I I have a very specific strategy of doing that. Like I I ask people, when were you last well? Uh, So I can take an example. I was last well when I was 11 years old, Guy said. Now, at that point, I always essentially make him convince me that he was well or with your daughter so convince me that it would let's say this happened at a year mm-hmm. yeah at, it was a year at a, 11 months she was fine mm-hmm. she was walking smiling eating you know or this guy was playing soccer he was captain of his school soccer team he helped his dad in the machine shop he ate everything he was fine yeah right so we've established a that before whatever it is that he was fine in in the in your words mm-hmm. okay so then what happened 
So I go to get a flu shot. And then a week later, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what happens then? So I go to six different neurologists. They all said I have Guillain-Barre syndrome. And they said it had nothing to do with the shot. Right. And they gave me steroids and gamma globulin and blah, blah, blah. And here I am six years later, and my legs are a little better, but I have to walk with a cane. And so I came to you to see what happened. So then I tell them back the story. So here, here's what you said. There's a couple of reasons I do that. One, it helps people to know that they, somebody listened to them. And I was very good at listening to people. And they would often say, wow, you really listened and got it right. I, the reason they know I got it right is because I told them what they told me <laughs> and I got it right, right? I didn't say, oh, you were 16. You know, I said you were 11. Here's you were machine shop, captain of the soccer team. And then a very interesting thing happens. This is a little bit different than your situation. He says, do you think it had anything to do with the flu shot? And I just told him the story. And now he heard it back. and, and, And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And then I would pull out the package insert from the flu shot, which I Mm -hmm. had in my office. And I would read that one of the side effects or effects of the flu shot was so-called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Now, the next thing that happened is is the most therapeutic thing that I ever did with people. Uh, So I would would say, yes, that's what seems to be. And he, they would say, I knew it was the flu shot. And then they would do one of two things. They'd either laugh or cry. Most people cried, but some people started laughing. I don't know why, but they did. And that was the release. And then came the next thing, which was very interesting. Dr. Cowan, you help me get over that flu shot or I'm going to somebody else. (laughs) Now, I happen to like that. I thought that's exactly what I would say. I know what happened to me and I need to heal my body from the effects of that flu shot. And do you know how to do that? Mm -hmm. Yes, because I have a repertoire of things that I would do given this was a flu shot, this was arsenic, this was paint, this was your sister's wallpaper, whatever. Mm -hmm. I had a whole arsenal of you know, 50 different things I could do depending on what I heard. So I would say, yes, do this for a month. Come back and tell me how you feel. And sometimes if I if I didn't know what to do, I would say, no, I don't know. And they would say, thank you very much. I'm going to find somebody who does. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind that because that's exactly what I would do. I would rather somebody just be honest with me and say, nope. We now know what the problem is. And now, again, some things can't be fixed entirely, mm-hmm. but almost that's almost never the case. So given that, you go back and you f- now know what happened. You have to know realistically what is in that flu shot and how it causes disease. Mm-hmm. And same with whatever vaccine happened with you. And if you ask 
most of the doctors who are treating people for vaccine injury. So tell me, how do you make a vaccine? How do you make a measles vaccine? They don't know. Right. I know. I know exactly how they make that. And therefore, I know how that is likely to make somebody sick. And the only way you get that is by caring enough about the details. You know, these so the the again, not to harp on this, but most of the so-called anti-vax people, if you ask them how do you make a measles, what is a live viral vaccine? There's no, no live virus. First of all, viruses, anyways, aren't supposed to be alive. What does that even mean? Right. They talk about live, they don't even know the steps of how you, you know, you got to put it with a cell culture and then you add genomycin and blah, blah, blah. And the thing breaks down. Then you put it in a, you know, you, you live, you, you basically centrifuge it and take the goop out and put it in a vial. That's how they make it. And, and, and so if you don't know that you can't interface with that. Uh, So that's the difference. And it's all just, based on facts, you know, there's no theory about live viruses or immune systems or, you know, all this stuff. It's what happened, what were you exposed to or what what factors happened in your life? And you can always get there because people know. Yeah, and their symptoms are really, like you said earlier, a way that the body's trying to heal in some way. Yeah, communication strategies. Yeah. Yeah, but you we just have to listen instead of suppressing, which is yeah. again, like if you go with a rash to the doctor, they're going to call it a certain type of rash, and then they're going to give you a specific type of cream to make it go away, but they're not actually curing it because then lo and behold, it'll pop back up again at some point in time when maybe there's a stressful event or it, it I don't see people getting, and that was what the doctor basically said with my son. I'm like, so I want to know what caused this. What, you know, what do you think? And he's like, oh, it's just a, he just, he has eczema. It's just something he has. He'll have it forever. It just is what it is. And there's not, you know, I can give you these. um, He offered Dupixent, which is a shot that you can take. It suppresses the immune system for a month. And then you got to go back the next month and get it. And I was like, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm not right. doing that. Besides, for my baby. there is no immune system. I mean, <laughs> it, it just suppresses your ability to communicate. Right. And it, all you have to do to, to know that what you're saying is true is ask them, how many people have you cured with eczema? The answer right. is zero. Zero. Because they have their their model of health and illness is just so backwards, primitive, and irrational that it's just amazing that people believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are open to understanding maybe there's a different way, but I don't know if they're ready for, for this, what you have to say about there is no virus. There is no, uh, in, you know, infection. There is none of that. This is your body's attempt to heal. I think a lot of people will say, well, what are we supposed to do? How do we, they're not open to it. Then just show me the study that, that has taken a purified thing. You call a virus exposed a healthy animal or person and made them sick. Same with a hammer. So I'm not interested in anybody's opinion or 
what their feeling is about this. If they disagree, that's fine. Show me the study that will convince me that such a phenomena exists and has happened. Mm -hmm. And they can't. They just say things. Well, how do you explain that Aunt Bessie got chicken pox? Right. That's exactly what they say. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. And that that is not how a virologist uh, proves the existence of a virus. Right. That's that is just absolute nonsense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people, we have a a thinking problem in this, <laughs> a logical fallacy uh, epidemic. People have been schooled to to learn to learn not to think. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Well, one of the problems. One of the yeah. and they're good at it. Yeah, they have learned properly how not to think about just about anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you mentioned on another podcast I was listening to recently about how there was kind of a a great uh, reset with the way that we did medicine. Wasn't it like between 1890 and 1900, something like that? I mean, the late 1800s, they reset just about everything, uh, including medicine. So that before that, People knew that, you know, we're made of protoplasm and we're made of uh, electromagnetic fields and Mm -hmm. they used that in medicine. And then they came along and we became chemistry sets. Yeah. And a lot of other things happened. The currency changed, you know, a lot of things. We don't need to get into that, but uh, we're going through another reset now. Oh, yeah. And now it's even more, uh, uh, you know, basically it's computer code. Mm -hmm. So now we're in silico, meaning in the computer organisms. And that's not going to end well. No, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's a little scary. And I, I think that people just, they get so busy in their daily lives and they get stressed out and they've got so much going on and they don't really care about this sort of thing until they lose their health. And then they start searching and they, you know, here's this, we know we don't want to go with regular medicine. So we're going to go with functional medicine and they start going down that rabbit hole. And again, I think a lot of people in my audience have been down that rabbit hole, tried that, and they're still not getting better. So I think it's time that we really start looking at things differently and looking at, at healing differently. And I know you, what, what type of healing modalities do you recommend that people look into? I mean, there's everything. There's getting in the sun, there's drinking different water, there's changing your diet, there's thinking differently, there's emotional things, there's homeopathy, there's herbs, there's chlorine dioxide, there's frequency generating devices, light generating devices, uh, anything that works with the reality, which is where sound, we use tuning forks, uh, to change the frequency that's connected with the water. We change the ionic balance, you know, if things are off. Anything that works along with a realistic understanding of what a living system is made of, not these hypothetical models, which are inaccurate, uh, then you can use those. Yeah. And the goal is to have a big repertoire of things that actually 
help people and to know how to use them. And, you know, that's what we're doing in this new biology clinic. And that's what the curriculum, like, let's, once you get the model down, then we're now getting to what we can do about that. You know, the, the, the tragedy is people used to know those things. Right. Before and the, now yeah. we forgot. And so we're at a very primitive therapeutic stage, but that's changing rapidly. So what the people who get this, the people who don't get what I'm saying, they're going to be sick. <laughs> that's just, I agree. I, mean, I hate to say it, but that's going to happen because they're going to follow this chemical model. Their symptoms will be treated by chemicals. They get worse. And then it's just a road to nowhere. The other people will be part of this revolution of finding out a real model and a real way of doing true healing. Yep. I agree. And I'm, I'm excited for the curriculum for the course I'm signed up. And I, like I said, I convinced two of my friends were, Thank you. so we can discuss it together. And then we're probably going to bother you guys in the, in the, the zoom calls, but Great. Um, hopefully we'll bring some good information. Cause we do the three of us deal with a lot of people in this boat yeah. and they're, they're open to the information because we preach light magnetism and water and how the body is electric and runs on a DC current and using those yeah. things to help heal the body and talk about structured water and the water network of the body and that uh, resonance effect in the body. Yeah. So we're all bought into that, but right. we want so to find getting, more ways to help people. Yeah. We're just getting the people together and see what we can all learn together. That's all there is to it. I'm excited. Well, I'll have that linked in the show notes. If anybody's here's that, cause yeah, we want, we need to gather as many people as we can to, yeah. to change things for people. Cause what's going on right now is definitely, um, yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Wonderful. Well, um, thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. If people okay, want to, Sarah, it's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Well, if people want to follow you and, and look at your work, I'll put that link, but is there anywhere else they should look for your work? Yeah. Just the drtomcowan.com website. Perfect. I'll make sure I link that in the show notes.